What up, podcast people? Thanks for tuning in to 2M Creative Labs, the podcast. This podcast is for those looking to learn, be inspired, and find wisdom in others' story and process as they execute on their passions. This episode features the multifaceted, insightful, and downright hilarious Kiyo Nikra. She's got tons of experience in so many things, it's actually kind of hard to be specific with her title. But in this episode, we talk about her experience as a social media manager, the difference between a good and bad creator, and compartmentalizing your life. Super fun, lots of hot takes, as well as tips to give you a boost in your own field. Enjoy this episode. Um, so thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I guess just to break it down first, let's get started and tell me who you are and uh, what you do. So I'm Kyo Nikra, and I am a fitness model turned content creator. So digital content is my bread and butter. Um, basically, what I do is I create content in terms of um, photos, videos, websites, ads, and uh, just anything that you need to do to kind of like put your business out there. And it's quality content, right? So it's the one-stop shop instead of being like, contracted out to several other companies and like spending needless amounts of like money to do that right because there's a com- communication uh, barrier between like having to contact like say if you need something changed on the website it's gonna take weeks at a time versus like you just send me a text and tell me what you want to change and I'll just do it to just do the whole like thing that. yeah the whole shebang like yeah. from website to like social yeah. media and stuff. yeah that's incredible yeah yeah no way mm-hmm. So how did you get into it? Like, so tell me the origin story. All right, the yeah. origin story. Everybody loves origin stories. Everybody loves origin stories. So like when I was 17, I got scouted as a promotional model um, when I was out in, I want to say, Worcester, Massachusetts. I was uh, living there with my cousins, my sister, my mom, and uh, family members. And we went to a car show and they're saying, okay, so like, you know, you seem like you have like a lot of energy. Do you want to like try something like that? And like ended up being like, uh, having a lot of fun. Like if you have a personality that basically sells the product or whatever they want you to like do, like you can't just stand in front of a car and just be like, here's right? the car. Yeah. It's like, Hey, like, do you want to take a picture with the car, et cetera, et cetera. And you joke with the people that come by. It's all about that interaction. And then fast forward to a few years later, I started touring with the hot and four nights franchise. That was my start into uh, promotional modeling. So that's where, you know, I met people like Danny Riel, another Winnipeg superstar. She's like the world's very first, like super import model. So like no shouts out to her. She's great. Uh, she works very hard. She has a great team behind her. And that's when I started thinking about life outside the picture. Like when my mom was thinking about like my career in the import scene, she's thinking about like long-term stuff. Like I was still going to school. I was still like uh, working when I was at home so I can pay for school. So always think about plan A, B, and C. Um, So she would always talk about like, what do you want to do outside of that? So I was thinking, okay, so there is a model coordinator every time you do these shows. And I was like, maybe I can get into the management phase. So what I would do is I would just manage these girls and see where their look or whatever valuable component they have would fit into whatever company. Like say there's a girl that's not so, you know, busty. She can't sell bikinis. So she's got a great personality, but she can sell say, uh, video games because she likes to stream, right? You make her into a streaming superstar and then you manage the type of content that comes out of there. Cause if you leave people to their own devices, they'll just post a bunch of random stuff that may or may hurt, may or not hurt them. Right. Yeah. So my job is just basically manage that part. So because I got super experienced in figuring out what would be harmful content versus useful content, I thought, 
oh, digital media. And that also came from basically shooting with a bunch of photographers. And I've always had a artistic background and being not so happy about the photos, right? Yeah. So then I thought maybe I can just get into it myself and I just take lots of great selfies because I have a lot of ideas. So I bought my first DSLR in 2012. And then I started taking like, oh, I'm going to go here and take like a self-time picture, pose the way I want it. And then I took a bunch of uh, editing sort of like classes. And I was like, okay, I'm pretty okay with like Adobe. So then people saw these pictures, like who took these? I was like, well, me. And then that kind of rolled into like, oh, can I book you for a shoot? And that started rolling out and word came out that I was taking pictures. So then I became a model manager that was able to create content for them too. Instead of worrying about like, hey, so you have to hire a photographer, take good pictures, et cetera, et cetera, but I can do better. So that happened. Um, so then it came the engagement on social media. So it's something that I really like studying because I'm a big fan of, uh, what do you call it? Analytics. Okay. That's one way to kind of figure out whether or not someone's authentic or not. Right. So usually when someone comes out and they have like a hundred thousand followers and like a hundred likes on their photos, you know, like nice try buddy. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So basically trying to figure out who is legit and basically if they're useful for being a influencer for whatever company wants to contract out my services. So I'll be like, Oh, this person, this person legit. So yeah, you go ahead and like give them that sort of like kickback or whatever promotional blah, 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 that stuff. So then it became just like pure media stuff. And with a stroke of just random luck, I was approached by a gym called Serratus Movement Center in Winnipeg. It was like two years ago. And they wanted to know if I could run their social media. And I was like, I've never done this before, but okay, let's do it. Let's just do it. Like it's, it's something like I thought like I could apply what I know now or sure. back then to what I could do for them. So there's no such thing as like, oh shit, I can't, I can't. Like, I don't know anything about it. It's like, well, I'll learn because I I'm, I work well with pressure. I, I yeah. like to learn as I go and I'm very open when it comes to learning new things. And I enjoyed a lot. So they hired me to do their social media and, you know, their their content was really good. And then other people contacted the owners and they were just like, oh, who does your social media? And then all of a sudden it just boomed and I have over 35 different accounts that I manage now. That's insane. Yeah. How do you, okay, like now I have to get it. There's a lot of stuff to take in. Mm -hmm. Clearly like with the whole, you know, like I don't really know, I've never done this before, but you clearly seem like the type that would, either you're not happy with something, you just go and do it yourself and you learn like photography, mm -hmm. which then became the, like I, I was thinking like who's taking your photos and then I was like wait uh -huh. you're taking your own photos uh -huh. I was like this makes so much sense and now to like go into the social media thing and learn from that right like that's a very interesting mindset it's like a super good mindset to kind of start learning for yourself and like figuring out how you can do it it's a lot of it's a lot of like you have to think about time and what your time is worth right so a lot of times like when you talk to people they're always like oh I don't want to bug people I don't want to bug people and for me like it doesn't matter where I am in my life my personal time is very very valuable so like if I have to be like okay I need these photos by fucking tomorrow Am I going to wait for someone and be like, I'm going to hire you? And they're like, okay, the next opening is like in two weeks. I'm not going to do that. I'm yeah. going to do it myself, right? So that takes no effort at all to kind of learn what I need to better my business for myself. So it's better to do it yourself if you want it done the right way. For sure. Yeah. So, um, and then learning as you go is like just the humbling experience, right? So if I do it, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm like the fucking shit. I'll just be like, okay, so 
if the, the client is not happy the way I did that, then I'll just do it a different way. Cause like a lot of times I'll just be like, okay, so if you look at my Instagram grid, I want it to be cooler. So take away the, the, the orange tones or whatever. And you go, okay, great. And then you just basically correct it that way and right. figure out what they want for their brand. So it's just like learn as you go and you just pick it up. Yeah. So yeah it's yeah. pretty, it's, it's, it's just like, you want to basically have them see that you value their time too, mm-hmm. right? For them, like they need, they can focus on running their gym or, or whatever business they have. And then I can worry about putting them in the best light. And that's my job. Right. And that's why I'm passionate about it. Right. You have the ability to display this wonderful company brand product in like their best light possible instead of like letting them stress over it. So it's at the end of the time, like you, you will do something that's positive for them and they appreciate it, obviously. Totally. Mm-hmm. No, it's awesome to find somebody that first of all like reaches out to you and like sees your worth and yeah, values the time that you're putting into them, right? It's awesome. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. so a lot of people are like, oh man, it's just Instagram. How hard could it be? And I was like, well, I mean, like you have to kind of analyze the things behind what the product is. So mm-hmm. you have peak time analytics, what your target audience is um, and what, what content do you pay attention to that, that sells the most, right? So most of the time people are like, oh man, this one got like, 600 likes last year I'll, I'll just like do the same thing again but the analytics are always changing with the times right yeah. so you have to be able to think like literally nine months ahead of time for sure yeah it's, it's it's definitely a people industry and a lot of the times like I have friends that aren't really people people and they think that creativity is what's going to help them in the industry but it's not yeah like I always I am I'm pretty honest when I tell them like this is probably not gonna be good for you because you don't know how to take pressure and you don't know how to take criticism and you know how to only shut down so my strong point for this industry is my ability to compartmentalize and create like a list of priorities for what would benefit you right now in terms of like mm-hmm. what you're working on and a lot of people aren't willing to like handle different things at once and I'm still figuring that out too and that's really important to kind of like keep in mind not yeah. saying like I'm the best like currently I'm still learning and I think like the best mindset to have is just to think I am just forever a student but I like what I do so that's so, awesome yeah I find like I remember hearing this saying like to be passionate but detached because mm-hmm. it's like for artists and even for me specifically, like for taking photos, it's like, I love this stuff. And I guess I'm really lucky that everybody's super nice. And like, I'm not getting a whole lot of like negative criticism. I you hope. want that. I do. That's what I mean. It's like, I want people to be harsh and like really let me know because how am I supposed to know what I'm really missing? Like if you're just skirting around like. But the secret, like what I found, here's here, here here's a pro tip. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Ready right. for this? Because of the connections that I've made from being a model I've been able to meet other creators, right? And this is like all over the States and stuff. And there are interesting people that are successful. And then there are people who are just like, I'm just a photographer. I like to take perfect pictures of girls. The ones that I like to um, basically create that sort of like meaningful connections with are people who are doing other things besides photography. So like they're editors, they are columnists, they are writers, they are Mm -hmm. people who are jacks of all trades. So shout out to David Canlis. He's actually one of my, my biggest mentors and supporters. Um, I met him, I want to say like three years ago at a model expo. Mm-hmm. So he came up to me and was like, you know, he, he, his job is to basically find girls, take pictures and basically submit to the magazine Amtasia. So we start talking and he basically made a comment and goes like, you don't speak like 
the girls here and I was like what do you mean he's like well I mean like we look over and there's a girl twerking for the camera and she's like right. hey whatever yeah and here's me trying to actually get to know him right mm-hmm. and he's like oh like when do you leave and I was like I'm from Canada so I leave like Monday so that would have been like the day after that and he's like let's shoot tonight and see what happens so we get to talking and he asked me about what I like to do and I just basically sauced over some of the content that I've been working on and he shits all over everything. No. Shits all over everything. No. And I was like, I appreciate this because back home, like here, everyone's like, this is perfect. This is like, there's nothing wrong with it. And he was like, okay, so you didn't color correct here. So that doesn't make sense. You need to, you need to crop this in. And then you can't uh, cut people's faces off unless it's a product shot. And I'm, I'm learning as like, I'm taking this criticism and I was like, word. So what I wanted to do was I told him like, can I just like come back and like do work for you? And then you basically get to critique my work. And you know what happened? I got better. Of course. Yeah. So I, I, I basically have friends that started at the same time I did, like basically the photography and the videography and their work is still the same. And they haven't been able to learn about the, the key components of what makes content good, like composing a picture and not just like basically editing. If you have a piece of shit, and you basically take a picture of a piece of shit yeah. and you compose it, make it look, you know, cool filters on it. It's still a piece of shit. So what you want to do is learn how to make that piece of shit into a fucking diamond. Right. So that's what David basically taught me. And through David, I met like um, his camera dude and he's just the best guy. So shouts out to Wesley too, Wesley King. He is so talented. Like I think David scouted him when he was still in high school because like when you have that artistic eye, you want to basically nurture it. Right. For sure. So I really appreciate that he does see that I have potential because I'm able to take that criticism instead of going, well, that's my style. It's just like, I I shouldn't have style if I'm not good yet. Right. So I want to be good on the standardized scale, which is why I go to places where professionals or people who are better than me can shit on my stuff. Yeah. So then I can just be standardized good. Here, I'm like here. But if I go somewhere else where it's just like LA, New York, they'll just be like, could be better. For sure. And you just listen to them like shit on your stuff. And like you don't cry or anything. You just go like, all right, give me some more. Like I obviously I'm learning from this. Yeah. And that's kind of the attitude people refuse to have nowadays. They're like, well, that's my style. That's my style. I love and I value like the advice. Like anyone who's better than you listen to them. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's been somewhere and like you haven't, you don't have a right to say like they're wrong. And so being open to criticism is probably the best advice that I could give someone who's in the field to be in digital content or creation. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. I always thought like, and like, I totally agree, like having that mindset has even for me personally, like helped me so much. Like I used to spend a lot of time like online, like creating uh, just like digital content and like sharing it with people and like getting critiques and getting shit on completely. And I'm like, I thought this was good, but Uh like now clearly my eyes are opened. And because of that kind of harsh criticism, Uh because these guys don't have any faces and they don't know who I am. And they didn't know I was like a 12 year old boy that was just like, right. And they were just like shitting on it. And I was like, like I would cry, but also like I would want to get better. But that's kind of like the difference between what would make a good creator and a bad creator. A bad creator would be taking that as an emotional response. So like I had an assistant one time that I had to fire because she couldn't take criticism. She would just be like, she would run off and blame it on like, you know, this is too much. This is like not good for my mental health, but like people who basically can't take accountability for things that they're fully capable of will not make it. Right. So I I do pay attention to the stuff that she's done 
um, since like I let her go and she hasn't progressed too much because she still wants to harbor on that sort of like passion is all about putting your emotions into something and really believing in it. And you can't if it's shit. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So like, I'm like, whenever I take on apprentices and I have two right now, I make sure that they have that sort of like emotional capacity to, you know, accept me if I'm being blunt or honest. Like, I'll never be like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. I would right. never say that. I was like, well, why did you do this? Like, walk me through your thought process for why this is, you know, acceptable work. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is a problem for, for adults <clears throat> who just like think that they pass that sort of like classroom setting. So where they would just not be like, hey, listen, we try to do something else. But it's just like, no, you're not doing that anymore. That's terrible. Or like, that's outdated. That's from the 90s. Like, dude, move on. Or like, this is this is all shit. Like, please just don't ever fucking use contrast like that ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit like that. But when it comes to like digital content, the last thing you think about is, oh, my boss hurt my feelings. I'm just going to give up. Mm-hmm. This is not for you then. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's constantly learning. And if you can't roll with the punches and be detached and actually like look at your work from a, a point where you want to see greatness out of it, then you have no business being in it. Sorry, you got tough skin, dude. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's one thing I'm learning is you really have to push through like a lot of the harsher criticisms. Uh-huh. And I think it's good in that way. I really am hoping to like, you know, like I make YouTube videos too. And I'm just waiting for like that one hater that like pops in and tells me like why it's garbage. And like, like no Thank one you. so far, but like, please, you know, because yeah, engagement I, is very, very important. Yeah. And like, basically, I think one of the most important questions that like Rowan asked me on his like podcast is like, what do you have to say about haters? And I was like, I don't have any, I don't think. I don't, I don't pay attention. Like yeah. if someone has an unwarranted like negative response, like, this sucks and they don't follow up with why then like why give it any sort of mind right yeah so it's all welcome like all all comments should be welcomed and one of the things that people need to stop kind of like paying attention to and encouraging is like positive feedback only bros like come on like just protect my energy and i was like if you need to protect your energy it's not very strong is it yeah, like if sure. you're not if you're not able to like take a bullet and just go like here I am here's my dick fuck you back then you're not gonna progress farther like if you can understand why this particular person didn't like your work if it's not trolling then you're not gonna get better you should take in responses from everybody like be a well-rounded sort of creator and that's what's gonna make you good like I've known people who've done this for five years and they still don't have a style like selling out rules man like whatever gets you your money and it basically makes you adaptable to any style that makes you valuable that makes you dangerous because you're taking jobs away from fucking people like protect my energy like i just i want to put this pink tinge on everything like my boss can't fucking tell me to make it warm like pink on everything fuck and it's just like nah he's what's paying you and at the end of the day, if you're not giving people the product that they want and they tell other people, do you think you're going to get in business? No, you're hard to work with. You can't be a diva mm-hmm. about these things. You have to be able to work with people. That is collaborative art. That is creation. You know? For sure. Mm. No, I totally get that. And here's something that I'm very interested in because I guess like this is the artist in me. As mm-hmm. a photographer, it's like I do have this certain style mm-hmm. that people tell me like you, you make, you shoot things literally like everything is dark and like moodier oh people say that about me too right yeah and then it's like the none of this thing none of these things would pop on instagram like it's not the trendy thing like everybody's in winnipeg's doing this certain way like businesses are looking for that light airy photo like for the products and stuff and i'm just like this is 
it really doesn't suit me. I do understand that I will not get as much business as anybody that would do it that way. Mm. But maybe the artist in me is like, but I have to have that certain sense of freedom as well, you know? And I like, I can hear it and it's like, yes, I can work on certain aspects of it. But at the same time, if I lose that personal touch, I feel like it's, there is it's a key, weird. There's a key component for that, right? Yeah. So even though I work for other accounts, mm-hmm. I still make time to, to create for me, right? So if you're an artist, you should have passion to do it, to basically free your soul and basically feed your own creativity. So the parts where you don't have freedoms, where you can work and get like, you know, paid for it, that shouldn't stop you from feeling like, well, that's okay. Like, like for my attitude, like I used to be stringent on, I was like, oh fuck, I just want to fucking put this teal and pink in there so bad. But I was just like, yo, why can't I just do that with my other projects that make me happy? Right. And I do that and it still sells your product right so i'll still shoot like models and i'll be okay now this is going to be me and then i'll put it on my sort of like creative like instagram because like that's mine one thing you have to step away from is like when you work for a company it's not yours anymore like you don't have a face on the product you don't have a face on that account and that's one thing that like i have to tell people because like even though i'm like i'm managing this account i'm not going to go tell people like yeah, that's me that's me that's me because you're putting yourself in there it's not yours you're basically working for someone else that is not your product like people have a lot of like specifically artists have a lot of problems with me saying like i don't give a fuck about credit for this shit because it's stuff that like i do for for money yeah so selling out is okay if it's like a part of like you're using your skill to make someone else happy and then like get the money whatever you can to make yourself happy with your own work that's your business though that's what you do for happiness that's how you feed your creative soul I don't know why that wasn't so obvious until we started talking about it, but like, it makes so much sense because I always say like, at least create something for yourself because like, and I always ask like, when was the last time I made something for me kind of thing, you know? Uh-huh. And like, because think about it, if you're fixated on, you know, why, like you're not free enough to like work on this project, that's not yours. then you're just going to harbor a lot of like resentment. frustration for that art and like, that's a needless thing. This is what I mean by exercising compartmentalization. Like I learned this from like my buddy Mo. Shouts out to Mo. I love he's this. My, he's, he's my range master and he teaches me how to shoot sick. Like just so good. And that's a different sort of aspect. But like basically you can't just think about the things that make you sad. So his one line that got me kind of like, this is cool, is that focus on the things that have problems, but... With every problems, there is a solution. So if you're thinking about like why this this problem is making me horrified or like sad or whatever, you're not thinking about like what can I do about the situation that will make me not so sad about it? What is the aspect of that problem that's making me sad? So if the component is like I have no freedom, well then work on something that you do have freedoms for, right? It's simplifying things, right? A lot of people think like, the, the, the cool thing is just like to overthink and like analyze and like go into it without actually thinking about like, wait, it could just be this thing where mm-hmm. this is so simple. Like put it in a box and basically take away all the other like variables that have nothing to do with like finding the solution for the problem and then work on the solution. And then you're just a happier person. Absolutely. Mm. No, that's super awesome. That's really good. Thing. <laughs> this, this whole thing's been a real, full of really oh, good thanks. tips. You know? <laughs> so you went and talked to me about you mentioned like this whole jack of all trades thing, uh-huh. you know, and I feel like I'm doing in a way like that kind of 
and it's it can be very overwhelming trying to like do everything all at once like how do you kind of figure out when are you doing too much when are you like how do you balance that okay so 35 pounds sounds like it's scary i think like one of the things that one of the uh, the boys on the, the winnipeg's finest podcast was asking is like why aren't you on the phone right now it's because like i've been in a situation where i can actually like um have app developers help me so if you're in a, a field where your job is to basically make life easier for other people, you also want to basically pass that karma on. I know that sounds like it's a very holistic sort of view on it, but giving your friends who are trying to get into the field that experience will help them too. So wherever they can get that experience, I like to give it to them. So let's say like they're like, okay, like how do I run Instagram and like practice this sort of like analytical or peak times or whatever, like engagement stuff. I was like, well, here is the accounts I can give to you. Go ahead and practice. Like talk, talk about like, you know, they get a chance to ask questions about like, what's a good caption or like, what would be something that grips your, your audience and stuff like that. And I was like, well, try this and try that. And like my, my answers aren't always like the fucking 10 commandments for sure. So sometimes I'm wrong and I'm okay with that. And they'll just be like, Hey, Hey, like this didn't work. So what do I do next? Like now what? So that's the best way to kind of like handle like, Oh shit, I was wrong about that. Let's learn a different method. Right. Instead of going like, fuck, it always works. What are you talking about? You're doing it wrong. Instead of like, you know, trying to like slap your employees on the pee pee. So like, Mm -hmm. honestly, like they, they, they learn different things. So like you have people that can actually handle it. So that's where you handle work. And for me to actually be a Jill of all trades, I have to figure out what I can do and my basically spare time, not spare time. Cause I don't have a lot of spare time. Like I have to think, figure out the things that I can do that I can still be passionate about that won't cause me to be burnt out about the things that make me money, the things that I sure. like doing. Right. So you think about all the other things that, come from your enjoyment from learning mm-hmm. so like i combine things right so i like to learn i like to read uh i like physical fitness because it's always going to give you like that sort of serotonin charge so for a long time between like 2012 and 2018 it's always been like uh performance um to based fitness activities right. so around bodybuilding too so i, I competed in crossfit powerlifting uh strongman and then several uh, Arnold's competition. So it's like an international show and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, so it's now routine. And one of the things that you have to break out of is routine sometimes like shock the body. And I've realized this based on like the type of people that I meet. So never be closed off on, on meeting new people either. So one of the, the saving graces of doing the account for Serena's movement center is meeting, uh, one of my friends, Cody Marshall. He is a fantastic athlete. So he's a parkour athlete, like one of Canada's best. Like he goes to Toronto and he performs with a team for uh, CNE, um, which is the Toronto um, equivalent to the Red River X. Yeah, right? I've so been to it actually. Yeah, the CNE. I gambled and lost all my money. but I, I, love, I love gambling. It's so fun, right? right? It's just like gambling. Uh, <laughs> but I remember being voice. outside the gym, like trying to like get into like, you know, oh, fuck, it's like day, but I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do this. But I'm disciplined, so I'll just end up doing it anyways. And he just goes like, well, when you're not having fun while you're doing it? And I was like, no. And it was like a really important question, right? And he's just like, then why do you do it? So I was like, okay, fuck it then. Like, I'm just going to try and figure out what I can do next to kind of like make this something that I enjoy. Because if you are in a routine 
and it's basically something where you just like go into robotically, you will lose the charge. You will lose like the passion for like what you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So that also puts you in danger of like for someone like me in danger of like quitting fitness. Cause I just think like, oh, I've done everything. I can't do it anymore. Like, fuck it. Yeah, for sure. So then I was just like, okay, what else can I do? And at the time um, I was doing some uh, training at, what do you call it? The brick house. And I was just like, okay, fuck this. What am I going to do? So he, was talking to a friend of mine at the gym when we were there shooting content for uh, social media. And he goes like, oh, do you want to learn how to do a backflip? I can, I can teach you in like five minutes. And I was like, another time. Like I didn't pay it any mind. I was like, no, fuck it. Let's just do it. Very nice. And it was hard. And it just like, he was saying nice things like, oh man, like you're athletic so you can pick it up real quick and shit. And it's just like one of those things where like, I kind of like this. So like I looked forward to going every week and learning how to do like, a different movement that basically harvests different energy or a different sort of like training part of your brain that hasn't been tapped in before. Like I've tricked before, like I've, I've done martial arts, like different kicks, like I competed in like kickboxing and stuff. I've never honed in on like a specific skill, like flips and stuff. For sure. And then that kind of like evolved into something more so like now I'm full into gymnastics informally and then I'm working on getting into tricking like actual like professional tricking well not professional I I shouldn't say professional but actual like skillful tricking like there's there's different types of tricking there's kicking there's like a lot of like gymnastic movements into it but it's just like one of those things where like all right so now I have something to focus on and every time I hit a new skill it's like that sort of gratification of like learning something new and, and learning something about your body that you can love. Yeah. So that basically became the new shockwave into like my routine. So balance is there. So I realized I was like, okay, so things that are important now, work, gymnastics, gym, and then like my creativity stuff. So always going back and thinking about reevaluating what is important. So always reevaluate, always compartmentalize. That is the key to maintaining good balance. But if you're just like scattered and you're thinking about like, oh shit, like something popped off, like, oh shit, like, man, I'm fighting with my friend and stuff like that. Is that important? Like a lot of people would disagree and be like, oh, just like spend your energy and all that stuff. I was like, that doesn't help me. I'm sorry if like people are fighting with their friends, but like if that's going to prevent me from figuring out where it fits in with like my other cubes of happiness, then it's not important. Sorry. No, it's totally amazing. Like, yeah, it's having that balance and understanding what, what makes sense for you, right? Mm-hmm. And like where things fit in that kind of compartment. Like, because for me, like, yeah, I, I, I get it. Like, I lose a lot of focus and sometimes it's just like trying all these different things. And like, I don't even really consider like, does this fit into what either works for me, what makes me happy or like mm-hmm. what I get joy out of? And, or is it just like part of the routine? And it, it's something that I really sometimes need to like take a step back and you know, like, you gotta have an agenda. Like it's the weirdest fucking thing. Like I have like a lot of Apple products around me at home. Like I have like six iPhones and like multiple like iPads and like three MacBook Pros and shit. Mm-hmm. But the art of like writing things down <clears throat> makes it feel like you're mentally like committing to it. So I would just make a diagram all the times. Like, is it gymnastics? Is it creation? Is it work? Is it, you know, something that would harbor um just good feelings and feeling good about myself. And then like when things pop off that are super superfluous, I like to say, like Mm -hmm. when, when, you know, your friends are getting into the tip with each other and they're trying to ask for advice, like, where does it all fit? Like does, does basically 
listening to them or like interacting with them and giving them my energy make me a better person in that regard or make me better at my craft. Sometimes it does because if they're lost and like the things that they're asking for are things that you know and like things that you know that they'll be open to and benefit from, that's good because you're spreading like that positivity to it. But if it's a person that is trying to vent because they have something negative to talk about another person, that's where I go, hey, nah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So like, it's one of those things where like, it's hard to practice because human nature is always about like, yo, spill the tea. But for me, it's just like, no, I just shut it down. I'm like, I don't know this person. Sorry, man. Like, I don't, I don't like giving people the opportunity to skew someone's character before I've even met them because I'd like to form my own opinions on my own instead of having a preconceived notion like that's shit for me I can't do that yeah well absolutely it's it's like yeah you can't just go in into any interaction with anybody and like have some sort of it's like oh I heard this I heard this about you and like that's what you're thinking about the whole conversation yeah which then you start picking up things that feed that belief exactly it's it's, it's super weird exactly it is it is It's, it's one of the reasons why like one of the things that I I'm so like adamant for is like, I don't like talking to people who bash their ex like that, that shit I can't stand for because all the people that I've dated, I'm cool with because like when someone breaks up with you, it doesn't take two to do it. And like, you can't change someone's mind, like coercing someone to give you a chance to change their mind is, is super rapey <laughs> because now they're staying with you out of, 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 of you know, remorse or guilt. Yeah. So the best thing you can do is just basically like give them what they want, let let them let you go, and then just like remember why you thought that they were special enough to date in the first place, right? There's mm-hmm. a reason why you dated them. Yeah, and but you if can you're always the, replicate that in another or like find it in another person, you know? Yeah, but you wouldn't want to because it's a different Absolutely. person, right? So you always want to take it case by case instead of like taking that baggage with you. And I think a lot of people miss that sort of like point where like if you care about someone and they don't think it's working out for them, it's not up to you to kind of change their mind, right? So this is why, like, it's just, like, it's important for you to kind of, like, separate possessiveness to, like, hey, I let, I care about this person, so I'm going to let them have their peace of mind, even though they don't want me in it, right? Yeah. So if a person goes out and they're like, oh, that guy's a fucking asshole, and then goes ahead and spills the beans about, like, their dirty laundry, it says volumes about yourself because you're creating this narrative. You're creating this story where you're trying to make yourself hate them yeah but you don't because like that's the reality of it but when you're saying all these things that are negative you're basically trying to convince yourself that they're not special Mm -hmm. or like they're not worth your time and like i i can't be i can't be around people who can't realize that for sure right so it's it's kind of like a closed-minded thing so you can really tell a lot about a person by the way that they talk about their exes right that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. So that's where I kind of like draw the line on like how I socialize with people. Like if people come at it, like, okay, so I'm getting to know you, blah, blah, tell me what your past, blah, blah. And if that sort of comes up and the, all they have to say is just negative shit about their exes, I, yeah, it's, not my thing. Yeah, your, your flags are all raised, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. That's interesting because I know that's one of the ways that people kind of just get through that whole like process of breaking up with someone is like, you got to get rid of all the good things and just like, you know, so that you can easily let go. But then there is that energy that you're putting on. Yeah. That's very exhausting. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, to me, it's like, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt when they're venting that they're actually going to do something about it, but it's so hard. You know, uh-huh. like if someone comes to me or like, I always like to go to my friends and be like, what's up? Like, what's, what's going on? You uh-huh. know, like talk uh-huh. to me because I do hope that them talking through that process kind of gets them moving 
and actually doing something about it, but it's not always the case, right? And it's sometimes, um, it just doesn't go anywhere. I don't know, like how- But think about what you're saying, right? Right. When you're thinking about an ex, think about replacing ex with subjects in their lives. A shitty job, a mm. shitty a shitty habit. I'm trying to fucking quit, but I just can't because it's like fucking up my life and stuff like that. You can apply that same sort of mindset from the way someone talks about like someone significant in their past to how they handle their lives, right? So that's why you basically want to watch who you socialize with when you get to the part of being an adult, right? So that same argument can be made with any sort of aspect of their lives. So it's not great to be around people who like will vent just to talk, but have no sort of reason to kind of like change what's happening. Because right. for them, not making a decision is more easy than making that decision to be happy. It is, I find it is much easier, I yeah. think, you know? And yeah. the hard part is to actually do something about it. Exactly. Most people just kind of, you know, I'm complaining a lot, but like, it's so much easier to just complain than... It's funny because like, I have a lot of issues kind of like understanding. So I like to ask questions to understand like why people like to stay in that rut. And like one of the most like meaningful things that a friend of mine kind of like said to me to explain, because like, I'm still always learning, right? Because like the way I see the world is like a little bit different because I'm just a big weirdo. Like I grew up like super sheltered. So like the way I am is like super logical and analytical. So if you haven't noticed anyway. Really fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm like everything, like my thought process is like very, very like linear. So it's not, it's not like irrational, like the way humans are. So I like to ask a lot of questions, which is why like I always like tell people like I'm kind of like an alien. So like I'm observing and I'm learning. Um, so I asked one of my friends who has participated in a relationship and he, yeah, <laughs> I know that's what that <laughs> he dated this person for, for three years and she ended up cheating on him and leaving him for another guy. And then she tried to work things out with him, which he uh, accepted to the point where, you know, things are now garbage. And that's why I was like, why, why do you talk about your ex this way? Like, why is she such a terrible person? Like, tell me about your thought process. And he said it in such a beautiful way. He says, because when I fall in love with someone, I will tell you my vulnerability. My biggest vulnerability is that if I care about you, I will 100% put your needs before mine. And your job is to not let me do that. And if you exploit that, that makes you a bad person. And the reason why I took her back after she did something bad to me is because I saw that as an opportunity to make this investment of time and money worth it. Like if she'd come back and she had made like a different change for the better, it would have been worth it. So that's why I made that decision, even though in the back of my mind, I knew she was going to like fuck up again. Oh, for sure. And I was like, oh shit, I understand. It's like, it's like investment of like money and time because like someone basically, you basically gave someone the knife to stab you and they still did it. And you believe that like they will help sort of like sew that back up and then she did it and i was oh like oh this is God. humans humans yeah it's it's a very human thing i can see why you would say like you you're alien essentially because yeah. you're seeing it from like this weird third party perspective and like you guys are all moving weird but yeah so like that's that's for me really like oh man that's that's actually like a really good thought to kind of hinder on so like i just remember like going okay chris i'm gonna go ahead and like write this out and be like oh think about it and all that stuff i was like did you just like read this from a book or like did you just like think of it. He's like, no, it's just like literally how I honestly feel. And I was like, oh shit. Cause like not a lot of people would, especially a guy would admit that, Hey, like I'm going to be vulnerable here and I'm going to be your bitch. And your job is to basically tell me to pursue my dreams and like kind of leave mm -hmm. the relationship separate from like the individual. And I was like, 
sick, man. Who? You're aware. That's fucking woke as hell. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Sheltered. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Like, how often do you change your routines, you know? Yeah, this is also where I would apply fitness to everyday life. So I tell people this all the time. So um, if I meet people, a really important component to me is to know that like they take value in their health they don't have to be jack they don't have to fucking be a bodybuilder or whatever they just have to value like making an effort to go to the gym because they know it's important because it is mm-hmm. like I, like i don't want to be around people who are like oh my fucking back is sore and i'm not gonna do anything about it and you know you have to care about your body like i want to be around people that give a shit so when you say how often i change my routine that basically applies to all aspects of my life so i try to change everything like observe and change like my stupid little diagram that i have Mm because i'm an alien every strength cycle so a strength cycle lasts about 12 weeks so a strength cycle is like okay you do 12 weeks of like getting to the peak of your strength in terms of like your max out for your bench press your squats your deadlifts boom awesome so by the end of that i should feel like okay i'm a brand new person strength wise at the gym yeah so shouldn't i be a brand new person mentally Right. Ah. So then I think about, I reevaluate all the things that I've done at that point. What can I do at that point to make myself better or my business better or, you know, create better. And usually at that time I'm like, okay, so hmm, I feel like I've been stagnant. Let's just go to California and like be around my buddies and see what they can say. And like, I always encourage them to be like, even if you think that it's like, it's this good or whatever, like find something to pick apart. Right. So when you get to a point where like you're making fewer and fewer mistakes, the small things become really important. And like, that's the same thing with sort of like cycling when you should change. Right. So if you don't change and you don't evolve, you just become the same. Right. Don't you want to be better all the time? Like you want to keep on having that cycle. You always want to have, keep on the, the, the change and evolution of your routine, like whether or not be like for your job, for like your life and all that stuff, but it's something that you have to keep being aware And it's a cheesy sort of like philosophical line, but like, if you're comfortable, you're shit. Like you may as well just like keel over and die. Like I live my life in a, in a sense where like, I don't ever want to feel comfortable. I always want to be on my toes about something. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not fucking not that great at gymnastics, but I still try because it's an uncomfortable feeling. Like there's a lot of fears in flipping. There's a lot of fear in moving your body through a dangerous sort of like plane and stuff like that. But putting yourself in danger in terms of like mental grounds, like you're, you're, you're exploring like sort of some un, unforeseen sort of territory is also exciting too. It's adding another sort of Kindle to like where you're at. Like everyone's always saying like, well, I mean, like when you get to this age, don't you want to just know? Because like you're still alive. It doesn't matter about age. Like the, the only place where you have the ability to stop is probably before you hit your deathbed. So like, if you're still alive, wouldn't you want to see what your, your capacity is or your ability is like for, for, for yourself humanly? Like, don't you want to contribute something that leaves an impact on yourself and maybe other people? Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. No, that's an interesting thought. Like the whole strength cycles thing, because my mind instantly jumped to like, maybe that's the kind of one of the sources of why I get bored or like burnt out or something is because like you get to that point where like, you now you're not making a whole lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. There's little things that you can always tweak and which is good, you know, mm-hmm. like you always want to keep getting better. But then at some point it just gets very stagnant and you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. Like I'm good here or like, and you know, finding that 
time. I mean, I mean, you know, what? we're going to try. It's like every four months, I'm going to keep tabs. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try something dif- different, you know, which is always so scary. Like, it I know, is very scary. Like as a, as a good photographer, it's like, I've got the style. Like I know like what's comfortable. Like I know that I'm really good at shooting certain like angles or like certain people. But, but like one thing people don't focus on is that even though you are progressing forward, it's okay to look back. And then go back to it. It's it's not a bad thing to be like, oh, shit, I'm going to do this now. And, like, you go back to, like, what you did, like, 12 weeks ago. Yeah. And, like, there's that's not you going backwards. It's just like, okay, I'm going to take that and I'm going to apply it again. And you basically branch off into a different path. It's mm-hmm. not always linear with, with progress. It's always, like, you're either going here, maybe this direction. It's yeah. never going backwards. Like, you're just going to the step that you're comfortable with and then looking for a different sort of direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people are afraid of, like, failing i feel shit time like a lot of people always think that fuck you're so successful that means like you don't make mistakes i was like i make a lot of mistakes it's all the exactly time. why you're successful yeah right? but yeah. you don't you don't really post them well sometimes i do you know, like, if, if i feel like it's going to be a valuable lesson for people to kind of learn I'll, mm-hmm. I'll post about it but awesome. for the most part like your failures make you you yeah like not your successes like you see the people be like oh look at like my fucking like i take a screenshot of my like computer look at look at like i'm on picture number 700 out of like a thousand i'm so fucking busy and it's just like you just flexing how that's all it is (laughs) man like if you are really busy you don't have fucking time to take your phone be like you don't have time to flex you don't have time to flex flex. you don't have time to flex you just do you just do like, if you feel like you have to pick up your phone and, like, prove to the world that you're doing something, then that's the most inauthentic thing that you mm-hmm. can do. And I can just cop it out right away. I love that. Mm. See, I love the idea of, like, sharing those failures. Like, to be, like because you always see the perfect photo or you always see, like, the perfect video or, like, the right caption or whatever. And you don't see, like, the process from the whole thing. And I think that's what I'm trying to focus more is to really show, like, you know, like I'm spending like six hours and like I'm scratching at all these notes, like the script sucks, so like this blows and I have to redo it all over and over again because that's what goes into the final product, you know? And yeah, absolutely. Like that's, I think to me, that's very encouraging. Like I see a lot more of that now where people like not doing perfect things and you get to see like the behind the scenes. Yeah. Because that's very reassuring to like, oh, you started from there. You're, you didn't just start from where you're at now. So like, if you went from there to there, like, I'm sure there's a way for me to go from where I am now to, you know, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I, like I always bring it back to like reapplying to like how I train like physically in fitness. Right. So I only post like videos of me, like nailing the trick. Mm-hmm. You don't see like the fucking 20 reps that I like bailed or landed on my neck. Or, I, like, I saw you watch, I watched you flip a water bottle like 15 <laughs> times. So I still I, haven't had it. So, so I really don't know. Yeah, yeah. So that was funny because like I'll flip the water bottle and then like we were there for a half hour and we're like, what the fuck are we doing? Like we're, we're looking at all the problems instead of looking at like the, the one aspect that we should have paid attention to. The bottle on the bottom was dented. So there was no way it was going to fucking stand. Oh my God. So yeah. that can apply to life too. Like look at all the fucking areas that you should pay attention to instead of the obvious, right? So yeah. sometimes the results are just right there that's hilarious. yeah yeah so like i'm not i'm not posting all like the 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 shit the shit like backlist i'm not posting all like the shit like you know butterfly mm. twists or whatever it's i'm posting the one where i nail it because i know like uh, yeah fuck i feel good about that yeah. one totally yeah. repetitive motions they work <laughs> that's awesome yeah mm-hmm. um so again back into the whole fitness thing but mm-hmm. again because it really does apply it does it to, does like, everything else like when you don't want to like what makes you do it like what kind of 
gets you out of the <laughs> this, this is going to sound very vain, but I don't mind. But like sometimes if like I know that like I'm slipping from what I'm doing and it's not even buying much, like I'll just be like, fuck it. I'm just going to get completely naked and just stare at the cat, like the, the beard and see like pick apart what the fuck happened here. And like, I have this, I have, <laughs> I, have a, I have a name for the shadow that lives underneath my belly. Like if I like have too much carbs or like, if like my abs are starting to disappear, like it's just a shadow. It's just shadow only I can probably figure out or see or like notice. And I named him Peter. So it's like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta get rid of Peter. So no more pizza or candy right now. So that's what I would do. So like, that's for me to stay motivated, but that's just for me. And, um, but for the most part, if I'm doing a show, it's a lot more stringent because like I have to be uh, tight, dehydrated and like basically peeled, shredded, like just mm -hmm. dick skin veiny. Right. So for me to, 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 to follow that, it's, it's super important for me to be like, okay, I have to stay accountable because like, if I slip up now, my sort of like mentality is like, well, my opponents aren't fucking slipping up. So you always want to think about like people who are working harder than you. And you're like, do I want this cupcake? No, that person that I competed against last year is probably not going to have a cupcake. So that's how you stay focused. You're like, you always think about like, am I working as hard as I possibly can? Or am I just getting into like instant gratification? Yeah. yeah. Because like the, the long-term sort of gratifications far outweigh that damn cupcake for like the five seconds that's going to take me to fucking eat it and then for grow sure. a Peter, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, you're, you're clearly, you clearly have a competitive nature and that's kind of what A little bit, like you. it depends on what it but is, But it also right? depends, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm a huge sucker for instant gratification. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> this, I just had a donut before that's, we started and then took a nap. So it's like, it's atrocious today. That's, that's a human nature thing though. Right? But it really does like at the end of the day, when you get to the, not just the end of the day, sometimes the payoff is so far. That's why I think it's really hard to not give in is because like the payoff is like months, years from now. It really depends on what you're up to, right? But, but it's always, you have to think about it day by day, right? Mm -hmm. How did you conquer the day? And then where did you like falter? And where did you like give into weakness, right? So it's not always about like, well, I got time. I got time. It's all about like, no, the day counts because before you know it, it's just like your day before your show and you're like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah, like yeah. I kept giving into those thoughts of like, I call it mental gymnastics. Like it basically takes more effort to convince yourself that your end goal is not as important as that cupcake right now. So you have to not give into the mental gymnastics. That is just your body's way of just saying like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. Like the mind is yeah. so crazy. It is. I'm going to start checking out Peter or something. I'm going to name it something else for sure. But, you know, that's, that's what's going to get me motivated in the morning. Yes. Then people don't know exactly what you're, you're talking about. Yeah. So you're just like, oh, yeah, go ahead and check on Peter. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But for guys, you have to name it a girl's name. So this uh, is what I did with my buddies in L.A. Like he's he's like on keto and shit like that. And he's like, well, what would I name mine? I was like, some ugly like a girl, Barbara, like fucking you yeah. got a Barbara and then like he's like I'll figure it out and then like I get a text from him he's like I just got out of the shower I was like why did you tell me this he's like it's Dolores and I was like oh <laughs> word word fucking hard that. yeah absolutely that's so funny um getting into keto which is really funny and like the next question I was actually gonna ask mm -hmm. is you know how fitness people get very crazy and like not like crazy like mentally but, oh like, yeah, yeah very yeah. into like hangry hangry but like the diet the diet thing like I like eating, ah. Ah, but like I like eating a variety of things for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. But 
in the fitness world, you kind of, I don't know, like, I feel like it's very restrictive. No. Like, how do you get bored? Like, how do you not get bored? Like, okay, like, give me, give me <laughs> skinny on this because you yeah. clearly have a secret that nobody well, knows. Well, I did go to, despite all, like, the, the other sort of, like, random things that I got into, I do have my degree in kinesiology. So that's what I went to school for. And I coached a lot of pro athletes in their conditioning and their conditioning and strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so... For the most part, I know how to manipulate your macros. So when it comes down to it, a lot of the times people can't follow a plan is because they don't know why things do what they do. They just go like, all right, here's this meal plan. I don't want to fucking eat this. I'll eat something else. But if they know why they had to eat the way they eat, they'll follow it. They'll follow it hard because like it boils down to education, right? So if you don't know why you're doing something, then you're not going to do it. Yeah. Why am I eating this, 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 you know, protein why can't i just have just all rice because rice is a carb rice gets synthesized into sugar sugar basically causes a a sugar spike basically hoarding fat into your your life your your lipo tissue which is like your fat it signals it right so that sort of insulin spike is what you don't want so the more people are educated by the macros and what's in their foods they'll be more inclined to follow it because they don't want to kind of like fuck it up and a lot of the times you can tell someone is dedicated to it is because they'll be open to learning about the macros. Yeah. So for me, I'm, I've been a high performance athlete, like for most of my life and the ability to process food for me is different than the regular person. Right. So I always have to tell people like looking like me requires a little bit of a different sort of like mm-hmm. response to like looking like the way you think you should look like just by following like a week's worth of meal plan. So the way my body is, it's burning calories, not doing anything. So what I do is like, I, I do a lot of like strength training. I like do a lot of like, um, high interval training and like I lift a lot of weights. So these three things require me to eat more because like I have to fuel a lot more just to basically exist essentially. For so sure. like my resting heart rate is like 40 beats per minute and the regular person is about 60 to 90. Right. Yeah. So like, I don't have to work as hard. Like, so for, for a regular person, they just have to figure out what is good balance for them. Like they have to put out their mind, like, I want to look like that person or that person, but you don't know what their like training is like. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, like high performance means I have the ability to eat more. Like if you want to be able to eat more crap, like I always tell people, like, if you want McDonald's, like the way I fucking McDonald's, then like pick up a sport fucking work out like three times a day and actually train towards it and then you basically will just demolish the calories but if you're a regular person trying to stay fit then it's more important for you to actually follow a routine and educate yourself on the different macros and what they'll do for your body so say someone is just working out like three times a week so obviously i work out three times a day right so my sort of daily intake is about three thousand two hundred calories just just to fucking baseline and function Jesus. The regular human being is 1600. Yeah. Right. So in order to lose weight, you have to be at a deficit. So you have to either eat less or increase your level of activity. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go ahead and be like, okay, so like what kind of activities will help me kind of like lose weight or like, you know, get me where I need to be, you have to think about intensity. So if you're going to go ahead and like work out three times a week, then make sure that you're doing weights. So weights will allot you more carbs mm-hmm. the carbs are the building blocks of muscle i always have to tell people simplified terms because i can go ahead and science the hell out of it but people just be like, okay so three times a day no, three times a week for the regular person so if you're doing weights 
um, you're utilizing your muscles. And the key component for moving a muscle and energizing a muscle is sugar. So sugar is in carbs. So like if you're eating a lot of carbs, then it will feed your muscles and that's how they get bigger. So a lot of people are like, oh, what about protein? Protein is the component that helps you heal. So if you're working hard at the gym, obviously you're going to be sore. So protein is going to help you repair. But if you want your muscles to be fuller and bigger, then you have to eat carbs because it's going to be absorbed into your muscle and utilized for energy. Adenosine triphosphate basically uses sugar, glucose, right? So if you're like, oh, I don't want to fucking lose. I don't want to leave, um, lift weights and blah, blah. Like I'm not strong enough to like try. And if you're the type of person that would benefit from, from more cardio-based activities, then you're not going to have as much carbs. Right. So this is the educated part, right? So that would better suit someone who wants to get into like keto or like extremely low carbs, but high mm-hmm. fats. So um, I don't recommend keto per se. I recommend carb cycling because eventually your brain will need sugar to function because your, your brain is like a tissue that needs you know, a lot of energy to, to function as well. So if you are better at cardio, eat very low carbs because you don't need it. You're still like using your muscles and stuff like that, but you want your body's response to use fat as fuel. Fat is the next most efficient fuel component in the line of like fuel. So you got carbs, fats, proteins. So if you're running and there's no carbs to fuel your muscle response, or like you basically become like a, you know, you, you, you basically deplete your, your glycogen stores, like your muscles, your body will start taking fat, not just from your food, from, but from your body. So if people from, learn, I remember this from some sort of fitness, like nutrition class. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like, totally it's, it's very simplified, but like if there's no sugar, then it's going to take from your fat. If there's no more fat in your, your, your body where you're eating, it's going to take it from your body. And like, that's why if you're doing a lot more, um, cardio based activity, don't eat carbs because if you do, Nothing's gonna happen. You're just eating carbs and you're just feeding your muscles and you're not gonna lose that weight. Mm -hmm. And like, um, and if you're doing a lot of carbs, then you have to hit more weights. Like, this is why I tell people, like, you have to kind of like wean off. Like, where is your weakness? Like, do you have a problem like giving up carbs? If you do, then start lifting. Mm -hmm. Because if you do, then the carbs will have the ability to go somewhere. Like, it could be so much easier for people to learn and like understand, and they'll understand like where they're their their strengths lie like if it's so easy for people to kind of like let go of carbs and like i just want to run more then you would adapt that type of eating like there's no such thing as like oh this is like the the fancy diet that works for everybody right so there's there's always different ways to eat that will basically cater to like what your weaknesses or your shortcomings are like i always look at people and be like okay so like what what's your what's your problem what's what's your weakness and stuff like that okay your plan is this you have to lift more if you like sugar and then eventually they'll eat less of it and then they'll be like okay so i can be able to handle a more stringent diet and you can be like okay now we can take away the carbs because right. you're getting the muscle that you want let's cut yourself out yeah and then you basically give them a different plan ah uh-huh, i see yeah. so you gotta wean them into mm-hmm. the plan you want to basically give people a successful start to it because right. a lot of people don't they want to see it. it they want to see something right away yeah and and they don't know why they're eating the way they do right yeah. so like when before I take on clients, like I'd be, I, I'm not taking on clients anymore just because like I'm too busy. Fair. But before I would always have that interview process because I want to know what, like what their their problems is, like why they got to where they are, or why do they feel like they have to get a trainer or like a plan. And then when you educate people for like why they need to eat this way first, and you see that they can handle it, that's when you become a little more stringent, a little yeah. more stringent. So like trying to get people to be accountable for 
being exactly on the ball with their diet is hard because they're just people. They're not bodybuilders. This is lifestyle. You want to basically give them something successful that they can um, handle and not feel guilted every time like they do have a slip up. And that's why people who have like, you know, these like bodybuilder trainers, like, oh, and they get all shamed and stuff like that. Then they just don't stick with it. Yeah. Like you have to have, so, like it's, it's a people occupation. So when I got into it, like when I was like a strength and conditioning specialist, like it's more because like I care about the person, right? You have to actually take the time to get to know them. For sure. Instead of going like, oh, you want to lose weight? Here's a plan. There you go. Yeah. Without actually explaining like why the plan is the way it is. Yeah. And I imagine you do the same thing for your clients as well as you really get to know them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, I love clearly. people. That's no, awesome. <laughs> people are awesome. People are great. Yeah. Because, okay, so I totally get it, like, you know, like, educating people as to the why. Maybe I'm just in a weird, like, mind where it's, like, if I literally walked up to somebody that I trust and was, like, I would just listen to you and, like, I really don't care why. Like, I, I would love to know. There's people like but that, But I straight too. up would just be, like, all right, well, you told me not to do this, that, and the other thing. I'll just stick to it, like, to the T and trust that, you know, you're not just pulling my leg kind of thing. And yeah. And find out. Find on the line, I'm uploaded, you know? <laughs> They call it extremely coachable. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way it was when I had coaches. Like when I competed, I basically would get a plan and like I wouldn't question it. It's just like it's at that point, like if I'm focused on like my sport, like my coach would be like, eating shit makes you stronger. I'll be like, well, give me that shit. I'll fucking eat it. I'll just do that. Yeah. Like it's just being an extremely coachable person is like a, do you a like different those mindset. Kind of uh, you, you much rather teach you you want to you're an educator. Everyone says that. Like it depends on like the mode I am in. Like I just mm. like it, if it comes to like my craft, like, like I can educate people on like content creation or like, uh, you know, stuff regarding fitness. But I've had people like ask me like, Hey, like can you coach me in gymnastics? I'll be like, Ooh, fuck Like, yeah. even though I can explain it like really well, cause of my background as a dancer, I just would feel like such a fraud because people who teach have had like several years of experience and like they know the ins and outs and the terms and stuff. And here's me going like, Oh yeah, you just flip flop and boop bop. Yeah. There, there, blah, there you go. Totally. Mm. It's an interesting way because, like, I in a, in a way, like, I'm not, I'm not I'm not the one teaching like what you're saying right now <laughs> to the audience, right? But like the whole process of what I'm doing, I feel is some form of education and something. It's, it's basically, basically giving along. someone options or like giving putting the ideas out there, right? So you're not suggesting people should <laughs> do this, like, and that's the problem with like a lot of people, like, and this is where human nature is to control by saying like, you should do this, mm-hmm. right? Instead of just saying like, here are the tools, go ahead and build a house. Yeah. That's what you're doing. I love it. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, like I'm, I'm very wary of that kind of thing. It's like, because I really am not in a position as a photographer, like I'm starting out or like whatever. And I'm early in the, early in the Dude. stage. But at the same time, it's like, ha- no, I'm not saying like not having the confidence to like. No, 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 no. Your skill. Or are you going to say something? Yeah, dude. Like no, for me, it. like I never fucking took like, you know, photography school. I think that shit is bullshit. Like I'll fucking be on like, I'll, I'll, I'll put that shit on record right fucking now because I've had more, I've had more criticism from fucking people who decide to spend $12,000 on a fucking school that'll tell you what a fucking f-stop is or what an ISO stands for but here I am going like this thing makes it blurry and this this f here if this number is lower then it's gonna have a little bit more blur in the back and that's how right. I teach people because that's that's how people learn but I'm not gonna pay someone $12,000 to tell me like how what buttons work and then after that you don't have the tools to market your your fucking skills you are in school to learn how to shoot the same fucking way 
Like, why the fuck would I do that? Like, it's like telling people like, hey, Van Gogh, fucking go to this school because you can't paint <laughs> properly. Like a face is supposed to look like that. Creativity is self-taught. Like, and that's, that's, that's my argument anywhere. So this happened a lot because when I first started learning, I had a lot of jobs shooting ads for supplement companies because that's, that's the connections that I've made as a person, as a fitness model. And they're like, oh, you got a camera? Let's fucking do this. Yeah. So I'd shoot it. And they would end up in magazines and then you have the people be like, yo, like, how come, how come you got this job? Why didn't they like reach out to someone like me? Like I'm educated. I got fucking prayed you up the ass. And they're just like, because like they like my style. I don't give a fuck about that shit. It's like, I'll fight, I'll fight anybody any day. Like I can talk about how like, oh, you can fucking make that picture look really sharp by using a manual focus when you don't have to. Well, here's a fucking pat on your back. Yeah. Like, where are you now? Like, they're still struggling to be like, hey, uh, I can take like really good, like, um, you know, studio shots in front of a white screen. Like, I'll give it to you for cheap and shit like that. I was like, nah, bro, that's not what you do. Like, you basically go and this is like the best advice I give to people who are trying to get into photography. If the bitches love it, the dudes will love it. So if you fucking go in there and you're just like doing a hot job, like making this person look even hotter then people will bite. And that's what's happening because like I have a lot of like attractive clientele and they'll be like, yo, I want to look like that. You don't just go off and be like, okay, so like I can, you know, do this pose and let me just move some light around. Da, da. These are things that you can learn on your own. And like lighting was something that I learned on my own too. I was like, okay, so how do I make the subject pop from the background? Like, why the fuck would I go to a studio where like the person's like, okay, so I rented this for like 40 bucks an hour. And then like, I went to school for this shit. Yeah, yeah. So I got to like, wait until I get this, like the, the, the grids line. And then it's like, okay. And then like, let me just reference my fucking textbook again, because I don't know if it's right yet. You would know if it's right by fucking looking at it. Like you don't need to be an educated creator to be called a creator. Like as long as your work is good and people are fucking fans and they love your shit and they're giving you money to do it. That's what matters because no one is looking at the fucking simplified version of it. You can be just like the the most educated person in the world when it comes to fucking photography. And I've, I've run into people like this all the time. I went to this school. I went to that school. But if your work is shit, then I don't want to fucking work with you. Like there's a lot of people that went to school, but they don't know how to fucking direct. Yeah. They'll just be like, just like change poses, like do something else. I'll be like what like like what is like what is what is the goal here like what mm -hmm. what 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 mood do you want to set like what is the subject and what is this picture trying to fucking tell me like if you're just telling me like oh just bring like three outfits and come to the fucking studio whatever and i'll just be like i don't want to work with you exactly because like you don't have a vision you don't have anything you just basically said like oh i know how to work a camera because i went to fucking school for it and, and like and that vision is not something you learn in School, you can't teach that right yeah you like, can't you, teach that you develop that on your own yeah absolutely yeah. like some of my favorite self-proclaimed like shitty photographers are like doing ads for fucking puma and supreme that's sick like you have someone like like uh danny steezy he's like the guy that got me into like shitty photography like it, it's a style like <laughs> shitty photography where like you're not always using like the shots of like yeah that's fucking composed properly it's probably like a, you know a model with like her fucking eyes half closed or something but it's funny it yeah. fucking tells a story right yeah, so yeah. that's one of those things where like does it have to be this like skillful refined thing the one point that i think that um that would help if you did go to school is if you are doing fine art photography right. like if you're not trying to fucking do this like as like your own thing like if you're trying to be like contracted out by 
uh, goddamn like Vogue or some shit like that, yeah. then it would help, but it's not be all and end all. Yeah. And another thing that like really helped is like, I understood this because I went to California again and I met one of my mentors, Touche Cult or Philip Rearson. And he's taking pictures of like just beautiful people. People are biting his style all the time. He was the first photographer to have that style of teal background, lots of gels and stuff like that. So anytime someone posts a picture up, I'll be like, yeah, that's a Philip shot. But he told me, I picked up a camera and I fucking took pictures. And what I wanted to do was sell clothes. He had a, a brand of his own. It was called Touche Cult. I followed him because like, I love this clothing brand. But then he's like, I needed models. And I can't just focus on you know, waiting for this fucking photographer to be like, get his shit together. But I was like, yo, fuck it. I'm gonna buy a camera. And I just took pictures in the apartment and then wearing my shit. And people were just like, yo, shoot me. And then he started getting like, you know, editorial jobs handed to him. And like, you have people who be like, yo, why didn't you give it to this photographer? Like, he's yeah. like, he's so like, well-known or this or that or whatever. And he's just like, because I can do it. Like, he's like, here's me coming in. I didn't even know what a fucking F-stop was. Yeah. And this like, you know, you have people out there be like, well, then you don't have the right. I was like, no, no. Why are we talking about technical when we're not talking about the product? Yeah. Like, let's not talk about the shit. Like, oh, is that a fucking Acer? Less on. It's a computer. That's exactly. what it is. Like, get into the meat of it. Like, there's no reason to kind of like get into semantics about like, are you talented or not? That is the question people aren't asking. Yeah. Right. So I don't give a fuck if, you know, people are like, oh, but she go to school. But is my shit dope? Hell yeah. And I can say that. That's awesome. No, because those are just tools that just you tools. use to express the vision. Yeah, right? I think like the best experience is like I had gone to um, LA and like I was thinking about like, oh, I got to upgrade some of my equipment. I got to get a stabilizer for like my shit. Mm-hmm. And then my fucking David just goes like, dude, when I started off, I didn't have like a gimbal. I had a this. It was my body. And then just like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. So it's all about like you're still getting the same shot. But no one's looking at that shot going like, yo, did they use a gimbal for that? They just go, that's a great shot. It was stabilized properly. Yes. And then Wesley, the fantastic videographer, fucking amazing. He's worked with Chris Brown, Janae Aiko, just nice. tons of people like Red Man, Method Man, all that. What? So <laughs> one of the one of the shots he had to shoot was at like the uh, the signature Batmobile garage that was shot for the Dark Knight, you know, the, the white squares on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was for a music video and like dollies are very expensive. So they had a budget. Do you know what he did? He used a longboard to get the shot instead of a dolly. No. Right? So then he like posted on his Instagram account. And I was like, see this, how it's fucking done. No one's looking at that going like, shit, man. I hope he used the dolly. Wait, it's a shit. It's a yeah. shit. No, man, he used fucking longboard. Like, fuck that. Nah. You got you to get creative and you got to yeah. figure out what works. Like and that is work. what makes you creative. That is what makes you talented. It's just the product, not the shit you use, not the shit that you're armed with in terms of like education. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, honestly, like if someone's like, oh man, like you should go to school. It will help refine. I was like, nah, I ain't refined shit. Like I can use YouTube if I need to like figure out like, so how did I make that bouquet heart? And then like, they'll tell you what to do. Yeah. I'm not going to sit in class for like, nine months and go on photo walks down the fucking street and be like okay so like compose the staircase and then tell a story i don't want to shoot staircases i want to shoot people i want to make people look great i want to tell a story like fuck that shit you're basically putting me in a box don't do that right no like yeah because like there's so many other ways to learn right and it really like that's one of the things i'm trying to push is like i don't have all the gear i don't have 
any gear to like make videos. I could literally do this podcast with my phone. Yeah. I think like the first time I did it, it was it, the audio was awful, but like get started, you know, and like you'll work towards something that is a little bit more sensible, like gear wise, but you'll, you'll find a way to, you'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. And Absolutely. like whether it's using a longboard instead of a dolly or like I, I just like, having steadier hands. It is. Right? And I think one of the things that people, especially when they get into that spiraling thought about like education, semantics, fucking other variables, equipment and stuff like that. Who's fucking watching it? Not other creatives. You're creating content for people in general, the general population. They're not going to be like, fuck, I hope they use the fucking diffusing, um, you know, uh, you know, filter for that lens because that didn't fucking match the frame rate at all. Like, it, no, no one's fucking like that. Like, if I'm watching a movie, well, now I do, but like, whatever. Oh, yeah. If you're a general public and you're watching a movie, you're like, shit, man, that was a great zoom lens. I hope they're using a 35 millimeter. Like, damn, <laughs> son. Like, no one's thinking that. The only people that would fucking just just beak you for that shit are other people in the industry. But but they're doing it to get you better. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, they're not telling you to like stop making it unless you're doing this. Yeah, and that's where it's worth it. That's where it's worth it. But like, I, I mean, like when you're creating, you're creating for the audience that matters, the ones that are giving you money, and the ones that will be like, "Yo, that's dope." They're not going to be like, "Yo, what fucking f stop is that? Like, is that a macro lens that they used or what?" For sure. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's awesome. No, I totally get it. And like again, like it's not like I'm trying to push people. Like, if you want to go to school, go to school. But like. If that's but it's how you not learn, necessary. But it's not yeah. necessary you know? I think the most necessary component is like the ability to direct and and basically convey your thought and communicate properly. There's 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 nothing more frustrating than being on set with a director that can't fucking say shit and just like look at you and be like, yeah. and no thought goes in their head. It's if, something I'm learning now. It's like doing more portraits. Is like trying to be a lot less like candid, like. Like, Canada is cool, but, like, trying to figure out, like, how to actually direct these people, especially if they're not, like, models and they're just, like, my homies. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out, like, how to make them look better. Reference photos, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Reference I'm spending photos. a lot more time on Pinterest, so, like, you know, yeah. figure that out. Exactly. How do you feel like you've put in enough work? Whether how, that's, like, a fitness thing or, like, just feel? anything. Yeah, like, how do you feel like, you know, you ever get to the point where, like, you feel like you've done enough? Because I don't know if you ever feel like you do enough. This no. is, like, a me thing. Just, I don't know, like, maybe I'm just bad with like diet and stuff so like, i feel like i could be eating less or eating more or whatever depending on whatever i'm going after you know there is no point where i think that i'm doing enough actually that's a good that's a good question yeah, and, and you figure out how to like you know yo. and then for the baseline of it if i feel like i'm doing enough that means like my clients are happy if they're not like basically like jumping over the moon and saying like shit man i'm down with this this is the this the shit this is the tits then i'm just gonna be like well then i didn't work hard enough right so if i'm at a point where they're just like eh, it's okay then i'm not doing enough right mm-hmm. but even when they're super jumping up for joy and like they're super excited about the product i still think that i can do more like the point is to go above and beyond and i think one of the problems with um creators especially the ones that like have that fucking chip on their shoulder and they'll be like yo man i'm fucking charging this like this my price or whatever they'll be like okay i don't want to fucking waste my energy i'm gonna protect my energy by saying like this is one hour they get this this and this only for me it's just like here is the price point and I'll be like, it says two hours, but like, if I really like what I'm doing, I'll fucking keep rolling with it. Mm. Cause like, I'm doing this cause I like it. Yeah. But like, if you're that person be like, here's the timer, ha, fuck, I wish I can give you more. But what if the time that you had, you were just trying to get your creative juices flowing and you realize like, 
man, shit, if I had more time, I would have had this dope shot that I had in my brain like yeah. two hours after. Sometimes it takes your brain a little time to warm up. And a lot of people just like don't get that. But they're just like, yeah, but then like you're going on beyond like what you want to be paid by like an hour. I was like, are you doing this because like you want to be paid by this? Or do you do it because like you genuinely like it too? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, but like, don't you want to be efficient? I was like, efficiency doesn't matter when you're not happy about the product. Like if you want to, if you want efficiency, then fucking work at a Walmart photo center where like you, you just like, you just like get in and out and you stay stringent on the time. Yeah. But for me, like the most important part is like, I'm creating something that not only does my client that I know my client's going to think is dope, but I fucking think it's dope. Mm-hmm. If it's worth something that I'm going to fucking like, you know, post, I know for a fact that they think that it's dope. For sure. Because like the regular person wouldn't have that same eye, but I do. But I know that if I'm happy with it, they're fucking over the moon about it. So you have to over deliver instead of just being like, so this is my price. It's two hours on the dot. And I'm like, you get 20 usable images and eight edits. Sometimes you'll end up with 50 usable. I don't give a fuck. Like if if like I'm like, man, I got to use all this shit. You can just sauce it on the Instagram. Use it. Mm -hmm. Like why would you like, and then why would you be like, oh yeah, like uh, I'm just going to edit like eight. Like if you like it and you're like, yeah, this one deserves the integrity of this piece needs to be edited, then you fucking do it. For sure. And that's, that's what makes people happy. Like there is no such thing as like, I've done enough. The answer is like, you can always do more. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing. Like, no, I totally agree. Right. Is because like, I'm always trying to think like how I can make my clients happy. And also, like, how to do more than just the usual. And, like, whenever I say, like, this is how much you'll get me, or this is what you'll get for, like, this price point for this amount of time. Like, I know I'll go over just because that's my personality yeah. as, like, a creative. is like, I love just doing it. Yeah. And it's, it's like, if I tell my friends, like, yo, let's go, let's go shoot for an hour kind of thing. Like, I'm yeah. probably going to keep you for two. Yeah. Because I just like it. Yeah. Um, and it's always tough in that way, but I don't know. Like, it's... And most of the time you're fucking around with light anyways. Like it doesn't take shit for work like to to shoot. And like I always tell people, I was like, most of the time you're just like figuring out like, is this the right amount of light? Mm -hmm. Is this the right amount of light? And then like the actual shooting part, it just like, it just like, it flows. It just basically becomes this threshold where like it is a bullet and you just keep rolling with it. And that's just like the most important part is just like taking your time to get your creative juices out not because of a time constraint because you're worried about like the maximization of your profit like yeah. that shit's fucking it's weird. beans that shit is garbage it, like, it sounds right on paper but it's the complete flip side I yeah think, you know yeah and and those are the type of people i feel like they're not gonna go far in mm-hmm. this industry and they're always gonna be that person that like well you're saying no now but like what if i give you this cheap in price yeah. and it's like by then you just like they'll just be like i'm not interested if they're not interested right away they ain't gonna fucking work with you and i think like that's one of like the hard lessons that like a lot of like the people that spend too much time with presentation uh have and they i I, like they ask for for my advice and i always tell them something that like they don't think is is workable for them and because they're like okay so like how do you like how do you get people to give you your money their money or whatever i was like my Instagram account, they'll fucking pop onto it. And they'll be like, I want to work with you. That's it. Yeah. And be like, that's it. I was like, yeah, because I, I only put out work that I feel very proud about. Like, mm-hmm. why the fuck would I just like put okay workout? And it's like, don't you want to save the fire stuff? It's like for what, for who? 
That's the point of having fire shit. Yeah. You just have it so you can display what you can fucking do. Mm. And like this girl, she was just like, she's like, no, but then like, don't you want to meet them and like get a vibe for them? Blah, blah, that stuff. I was like, no, that's rapey as fuck though. If you're trying to coerce people to give you their money and like you show up and you're like, uh, just like, you know, it's a, you know, it's just trying to like a potential client da, 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 and like you, you basically wasted an hour coming up with a sales pitch and you're basically going to come up with your fucking folder and be like, look at the shit that I can do in like your wedding book and shit. And you sit in front of them and you made them come to that appointment. They feel obligated to be there. And then at the end of the day, 90% of the time, they'll be like, I'll think about it. Yeah. They feel happy that they fucking came out and you paid for their dinner for no reason and you spent like two hours with them like that's two unpaid hours dude mm-hmm. versus like i'm not like i don't fucking do that i yeah. have like so much like i have so much time that i'm not willing to like well out and if i do that like if i do what she's doing then i put myself in a situation where like well how about this though i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking cheapen that like it, it, that's the price but then like since we're here i can do it for this though and they'll be like uh, i can do this for this though. okay i'll do it for that price Versus, like, I can just say whatever price I fucking want. You let them come to you. Yeah. 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 Versus, like, they'll be like, yo, how much? I'll be like, it's this much. And then if they don't care, then I don't lose anything out of it. Like, you basically lost two hours. You paid for their meal. You drove to fucking see them for them to be like, maybe. Yeah. Is that worth your time? No. So, like, if you're asking me for advice, then there's my answer. And she still does the same fucking shit, though. Of course. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can I can see why like I I know I've been there in that position before it's it's hard to you always want to get that sell because you're always nah, thinking nah, nah. but but really it's like just let them come to you because at some point if you're convincing them they probably didn't want it in the first place and yes. just, they're just not gonna be happy yeah why would you have to coerce someone if you're truly that talented yeah. you know what I mean like and I just like. I don't understand people who are like gonna go above and beyond like that and be like, okay, so I'm just gonna get my fucking business suit on and like get ready and like just like get into that mode where literally I can just be like displayed out on my couch in my ditch and like, oh shit, someone's in my DMs like saying like (laughs) how much? I'll be like this much. If they say yeah, I'll be like, okay, when are you available? Boom, I just booked them. But I didn't have to fucking leave my house. Yeah. You know, like, it's just it, it, the idea that you have to be like, okay, you have to fucking, you know, that is not going above and beyond for mm-hmm. them. That is going above and over what you're able to allot for yourself. For sure. Like, that's that's stupid. That's fucking clown shoes, dude. Like, no, <laughs> would never fucking catch me doing something that's pointless like that. That's awesome. No, that's good. And I totally, totally agree. Like, it's it's something I'm working towards. It's like, you know, like, yeah, like, let them come to you, you know, like, figure out what works for you and then. If they don't like it, then you're, there's no point in convincing them because that's yeah. not their jam. Yeah. And you'll find someone else. It's someone out there. There you go. That'll fit your, your vibe, Just right? like breakups, right? Yeah. If it's not for you, then don't fucking try to convince them to stay. Just let them go. That's mm-hmm. it. And then like, if, if you at some point got even better, they'll fucking come back and be like, yo, about that shit though. Man, I want to fucking shoot now. I'll give you the money now. Yeah. But because they don't, they, they don't see the value in you, <laughs> then but they will later i've had fucking clients like that where it's just like Oof, i don't have that money i'm like okay, yeah see you later and they'll think i'll save up and they'll still stay in contact and see like like you know where i'm going at with like the the shit and then they'll they'll see even more fire stuff like okay i'm saving up we're doing it i love that that's what it is like that's amazing you just go okay see ya like whatever you don't have to give me an excuse like if you want to shoot cool like this is how much it costs yeah it's not going to get cheaper for you because like you, you're like, oh, God, turn out my pockets and there's the moths, right? Yeah, like, for sure. If you want something, you got to pay for it. 
And like, if you keep cheapening your service because like you want that sort of instant sale, you're just creating cheap service, and people are just gonna talk about it and be like, "It was cheap." That's how that much. That was the it first was. thing that they'll tell you. Like, oh man, you should shoot with Juan. He's so cheap, right? Not because like, wow, he's so good. Yeah, you know, it like makes no sense. Yeah, it would make no sense. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to working out, though, uh-huh. do you ever feel like you've done enough for the day? You see, you yes, heavily. Yeah. Yes. Like, how do you? Yes. Ever, yeah. So, what's your? My routine is pretty boring and stringent, right? So, yeah, because like everything is all about like doing the same thing over and over and then you will Mm -hmm. achieve um, consistency. And that's one of the the only benefits where you can see like doing the same shit over and over again. So there is always an order at which that you compartmentalize your workouts where it's like the hardest shit first and then you accessorize at the end where like you basically use up all the energy that you have. And then you're done. If you're not feeling like, if you can't lift your arms up at the end of like a a shoulder set or whatever, then you're not doing enough. Because I think like uh, the problem with social media is they try to sell you on the lie that like the way a woman works out should be different from a man when like I'm probably working a lot harder than most men do. You probably are much harder than me. (laughs) But there is no separation to that because I actually took one of my friends to the gym. She's having like a bad day and I was like, oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Or, or can sit there and listen to her, her like, you yeah. know, be angry or sad. It's like, well, you can work out together and not think about it at all. And she just, like, sweating after the first session. Like, is this what you do all the time? I was like, yeah. Three times yeah. a day. All, all the time. But weights once a day. But you do your morning run because mm-hmm. that's important for me where you, like, get up and you feel like you're alive. You can still move your body. So it doesn't have to be a long run. It's just, like, you get up. First thing you do, head out the door. And, like, it just teaches you that. This is what's worth getting out of bed for the day. You can see the sun because a lot of people, because I've lost a lot of people this year where they wanted to live and they didn't want to die. So why can't you see that it is doing them a disservice to basically stay in bed because it's super cozy and comfy and all that stuff instead of seeing what's out there and what you can do to basically maximize your life for your own happiness or other people. Yeah, That is important. So that's, that's the morning run sort of mental focus. It's not for like anything physical. It's basically to activate your positive thought process for the day. I'm here now. What can I do? And you use that run to kind of like think about like, well, let's plan my day. Mm-hmm. And then you do your weights and anything after that, like gymnastics or like a sport or something. That's, that's a, like the, that's a the fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. And then once you've com- accomplished those two, like that's... That yeah. is a good day. <laughs> no, that's awesome. It makes sense. Yeah, compartmentalizing, I think, makes a lot of sense. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's different than <clears throat> routine. So a lot of people <clears throat> like mistake compartmentalization for routine. Routine is <clears throat> like you just do the same thing over and over and over again with, so, with no soul in it, yeah. right? So, and then compartmentalization is basically constant rearranging of the routine to see where it would basically uh, make the day maximized. For sure. Right? So that's that's the difference between compartmentalization and routine. So big difference to kind of like you know, differentiate from because a lot of people just like think it's the same. It's not. It's not, no. And the more we talk about it, like the more it makes so much sense to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots definitely of charts. Gonna, definitely going to be applying it good, to myself. Good. Yeah, for sure. If somebody came up to you on the street and like they said, like, you know, I love what you're doing and like, how do I get to where you are? And you're starting out like, you know, what's, uh, what's the best advice that you would give them? Just one thing that you'd be do. authentic, be authentic. I think like, that's one of the things that like, um, that set, that basically set my sort of career 
on fire, right? If you're doing something because you're like, oh, she looks so cool doing it. I think I can do it too. Then that's not the right reason, right? So for me, like it's a constant tumble of like different sort of like serendipities, like different like fun little mistakes or like fun little happenstances that like landed me into something that like contributed Mm -hmm. to my happiness. So basically you want to figure out where you're open to go. So for me, like, I've never, like, been that type of person to be like, no, I don't want to try that. I'm always like, oh, I'll fuck with it. I'll try it. It's hard, try to, it. it's hard to believe that you said you were very sheltered as a kid when you say like, <laughs> you're fairly open in doing all these things. It's weird. But I totally... I'm an alien. That's what it is. Yeah. But, like, it's one of those things where, like, to find what makes you happy, you have to constantly be open to trying new things, right? So for me, like, I never thought I was going to go into, like, gymnastics until, like, I met new people who basically said that maybe you should try something that is challenging. Like you're at a point where you're good at everything. It's eventually going to be boring. stagnant yeah. and boring. But if you start over and you learn something new and it's a constant humbling experience and you basically get chopped down from that damn tree, then you become a better person. You're humble for it. So it's one of those things where like be open to try new things and be passionate about it if it's something you want to do and be authentic about it. If you don't like it, don't follow it. Yeah. Like not a lot of people are going to like, like, you know, going into managing other social media stuff or not a lot of people are going to be like, I like spending three hours a day on in front of a fucking computer, just editing someone's vagina, their genital warts from a porn film. Right. Yeah, like it's just one of those things, right? Not everyone's going to fucking want to do that. So whatever it is, you can still apply the same principle. Be authentic about it. And that's how you're going to be happy. Like you can't lie to yourself and be like, I'm truly happy being this thing that I'm a fraud about. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about like self-preservation. It's not about looking cool. It's all about what's going to make you happy. So For sure. Authenticity. I love it. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's a very overused term, but like the way you explain it, like clearly there's a lot more. Yeah, I think people overuse it because, like, it's just a cool It's just a cool thing now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be like, what what does that mean to you? And they'll be like, you know, be real. I was like, that has nothing to do with it. It's like, people use it either as an excuse to be a dick and it's just like, wait. No, no. It's not being real. It's just being an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Difference. Like, like, figure out the the line, right? Absolutely. No, this has been awesome. Um, Is there anything else? Like, how can we support you? Like, is there anything coming up for you? Like, what's uh, what's Uh, on your roadmap? uh, What is on my roadmap? Like, um... I uh, I was supposed to do HentaiCon this year. So that's going to be like closer to like the fall season. So I do a lot of writing too. So like I'm a writer. Yeah. Okay, there you go. There's the one thing that you can actually, uh, yeah, just the tapestry of people. One of the, the most successful articles that I've written was for Asia. So this is one of the things that like uh, my, my boss, David, kind of like blessed me with, right? Because he thinks that I'm super funny when I get into it. That's <laughs> what happens when I'm sleep deprived. But um, the article is called Dick Pick Diaries and it's a three-part series. And I, I write a lot. And like some of my articles like go like mad viral. And these are a hit because it basically takes a look into my inbox right so i get a lot of of, of male gentilia and sometimes i get like i think i've gotten like two pussy pictures but for the most part it's like dick pics and like a lot of the times my friends who are models like they get mortified they're like holy fuck like i'm traumatized a penis but like for me like anatomy is funny so i never just go like oh i just go like hmm how can i look at this to benefit me it's that constant there's a problem let's look for a solution 
so he said, just write about it. So I was just like, okay, let's talk, let's talk about how I categorize this shit. So it's a three-part series. The most popular one is the second one. So if you are curious, just Google dick pic diaries. And then like, it'll just be like one of the first like results to pop up. So it talks about like how I categorize like um, dick pics and how I get them. And a lot, like I find a lot of models are, are doing the same thing too. So whenever I get a dick pic, it's categorized between a gourd, like a, a dad, uh, a chad, which is like a, you know, a normal, like an assuming frat dude or like a Norman, like just like a dude that's out of touch with life. So there's three different sort of categories, but for the most part, they're usually gourds. Gourds are like an unassuming dad. So he has a life, a family, maybe a wife he hates. And he just sends a dick pic out because he's looking at my profile saying like, damn, she's just dressed so slutty. She just wants the dick. I just, let's help her out. So for the most part, they'll actually like use their own like real name, like last name. So I was just like, "Hmm, okay, great. So I'll look at his, like, I'll find his, like, Facebook, and I'll look for anybody with the same last name with it. And then I'll just, like, screenshot the dick pics, and I send it to him. And, and it's the same thing where I'm like, yo, does this belong to your brother, sister, husband, or whatever, son? And I think the funniest one was, like, on the article when I was talking about this Turkish man. Like, it was my favorite encounter because, like, he sent me five different angles of it. And I was like, this is great. This is so good. Like, I get so excited. Like, everyone's always thinking, like, it's disgusting, isn't it? And I was like, no, it's fucking, I don't make a book. I'm going to fucking put all the screenshots on my wall as art. It's going to be great. But um, the problem with him was he spoke Turkish. So, like, everything was in Turkish. I went on his Facebook. I found him right away. He had a picture with his mom. I was like, this is, this is going to be great. So, I screenshotted everything. I went to Google Translator and then I wrote like, hey, I think your son sent me this. Like, does this look familiar to you? (laughs) And then I went and I sent it to his mom, like through her inbox. And like the gratification that I get from being blocked on Instagram where they initially sent like the dick pics is like astounding because that's when you know that she's received it and she is slapping him in the PP for doing that. So, I mean, it's fucking great. It's good. It's fucking awesome. That's hilarious. So if you are ever wondering what I do for fun, it's receive dick pics. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where can we support uh, you moving forward? Yeah, uh, I do have a merchandise store, kionekra.bigcartel.com. So I sell a lot of t-shirts uh, designed by uh, collaboratively by uh, the, the Ginyu the Ginyu Garage, which is like my friends who basically soup up their cars and like they enter their their cars into like car shows every year. So it's just like really cool shirt designs and stuff like that. So that's where you can can find me. But for the most part, like just follow me on Instagram and I do have a YouTube channel. Um, It's been around for about 11 years now. Yeah. So and at the time when I was in college using it, I was like the, the, the top most subscribed person in Manitoba. Yo, that's dope. Yeah. And I did a lot of like comedic sketches mm-hmm. and like they were really they were really good because I had a lot of time in college so and I was always drunk so that was good always fun to yeah. do sketches drunk yeah. yeah yeah absolutely that's awesome no I have to say like ever since you walked in and just started talking like you were already talking about like the people that built you up and like the ones that were behind you going <laughs> along and like I knew like right away, like you're a very humble person like you've seen a lot of success and you always attribute it or like give credit to always and it's super awesome and very refreshing because like you know like a lot of people would go and just like talk about them right and you were talking about those that 
have really helped you along the way. And I think that's super awesome. And I think what makes a person is the people that support them. And that's one of the, the, the places where you can find where someone is super authentic. Right. So if you see a person and like, they talk about like, Oh, like, you know, I don't have a lot of friends cause they're all bitches, blah, blah. blah. But like, I have like 50,000 followers, but like follow me and, da, 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 and all that stuff. That's not authentic. And they won't have growth right so for me it's just like if I wanted to be a better person and I want to show people that it's possible to be a better person then part of growth and it's always been that same sort of like you know formula is that you have a team and you are stronger as a team no matter what it is sports or like whatever it is a family uh perspective or like having like someone behind you to build you up like everybody has coaches everybody has like you know supportive friends and and like a just basically someone who can offer something and you can offer something back in return. Mm-hmm. And if you are the type of person that will ask something of someone without actually offering something back, that doesn't make you a good human being. You're and just that's taking just, value. You're just taking advantage of people. And when you do something like that, the adverse effect is that that person will talk shit. And like, it wouldn't be like something nice to hear, but like, like I tried to help this person do this and they promised this, but like they didn't deliver. Yeah then your, your growth circle shrinks and you don't grow, right? But if you know that you have a skill or you have a connection or you have something to offer someone, you need something from them, offer something back. Yeah. And you both benefit and both companies grow. Mm-hmm. It's, I tell people that it's a slower process, but it is a more permanent process. If you want to spike and like buy your followers and like, you know, pretend like you're the shit when like you have nobody behind you, you will spike and then all of a sudden it's not permanent, right? Because yeah. people will figure it out really quickly that like you are not really who you are. I love that. That's so good. All right. I think we can end it off on that. Thanks for doing yeah, this. Absolutely. This so fun. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you good. so much. Yeah. Sorry if I'm monotone. <laughs> no, what the hell? It's so good. Yeah. Great. If you like this episode, we would really appreciate it if you give this a rating on iTunes and share it with your homies. Subscribe, send us a message, and let us know what you think, and we'll see you in the next one.